What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Corbus, and uh, I'm super excited. Today, I have a guy on a guy that I've been listening to for quite some time and, and following along with uh, with the songs and his, and his writing, and, and that's Dustin Herring. Dude, thanks for coming to hang out with me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to hang with you, get to know you a little bit, talk about some music and all the good things. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you all for having me. Of course, of course. So the one thing I noticed is, is going to... Uh, um, through your, through your Instagram and, and, and whatnot. Uh, you're from uh, Alabama. You're from Hartford, Alabama, which right. I went to school in Hartford, Connecticut. I didn't think there was another Hartford in this country, but there's yeah. that. Your map all the time. Every time you type in Hartford, no matter where you're at to get home or try to get back, it, it never wants to pull up the state you're from. <laughs> yeah, right. It gives you every option but Hartford, Alabama. So. You'll find yourself driving 15 hours the other way. <laughs> when it starts heading you north and you're, and you're already – as north as you can go, you know this is not the right Hartford. <laughs> so is there is there is there multiple other Hartfords besides the two that we're talking about right now? The the last time I was trying to see where a gig was and see how long it would take to get home for like a birthday party or something, I want to say that there was like five Hartfords that popped up. Wow. None of them were Alabama. <laughs> Connecticut. I want to say there's a Hartford, Arkansas. Pretty sure there was a Hartford missouri or something like that and i'm like we we've got to just type the whole word and start with a now and <laughs> so of course it's taking you anywhere else than where you need to go right of course um so so why don't we just uh kind of uh start off by um for people who who may may know you already or may not know you um and, and this is their first uh introduction to you uh why don't we start off by giving a little bit of a backstory about yourself um, kind of why you are here, where you are, and, and you know what you're doing. Well, I'll just start back at Hartford, Alabama. That's where why not? I grew up in. A, in we're a super small South Alabama town. Um, my grandfather was a farmer, so we grew up out there. And all my friends, their family was somehow tied in the farming. So not to be as cliche as, as, a, as a country song can be, but we grew up exactly what, uh, you know, Luke Bryan made really popular. We rode around in trucks. We drank beer. We hung out at field parties, that kind of stuff. There really wasn't much else to do. Uh, hunting and fishing is a real big part of my life. Agriculture was a big part of my life. That's what I went to college for at Auburn. Um, started playing guitar at Auburn. Didn't really, I grew up singing in church and stuff like that, youth choir, but never really, I didn't know being a singer songwriter or a country music artist was something just anybody could do till I got to, uh, till I got to Auburn. And then that's where I met people that had guitars and had some buddies show me how to play and, um, started, you know, started playing some little bar gigs and, uh, next thing you know, it, it, you graduate and it's like, okay, I gotta go get a big boy job. So I'm moved out to Mississippi and, uh, worked for a big agriculture company out there doing ag research. And that's where I really dove into songwriting. And that's where I really got a taste of music as a community because music is such a big part out there in the, in the yeah. Delta. So, uh, I say that's my, that was my second second college experience really because I poured into the college of music and I, I got a lot of the history and had a lot of time to uh dig into my songwriting and a couple years out there I had some songs get recorded by a few other independent artists and entered into a uh, they have these competitions right like before the voice and stuff like that they just had your uh, your county fair talent competitions and stuff and I got on one of them called the uh, Texaco Country Showdown and uh, I made it pretty high as an artist, but they also had a songwriter part. And 
I lucked out and won the songwriting contest and got to go to Nashville. And when I met with a lot of people up there, they were like, look, we, you've got a backup plan and you can't have a backup plan. If you want to be a, if you want to be a songwriter, you got to get up here in the major leagues of songwriting. So I went back, saved the money for a year and really made sure that's what I wanted to do. And yeah. had some of that soul searching stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not going to die not knowing, you know, so I've been in Nashville mm-hmm. eight years now and uh, it's probably one of the best choices I ever made. Hey, I like it. I like it. Hey, I, I want to uh, circle back a little bit there. And you mentioned uh, going to Auburn and, and, and kind of finding uh music there a little bit and learning how to play guitar and, and things like that. And I, and I find that pretty impressive because, uh, you know, as a guy who went through college as, as well, and, and maybe also tried to pick up a guitar in college and didn't work out too well. Uh, how do you, you know, you say you grew up singing, singing in church. You didn't pick up a guitar once before then. That was never, you straight up picked up a guitar and then started playing bar gigs while you were in college as well as learning. Don't, don't get me wrong. It didn't happen overnight. Well, uh, yeah, of course. I loved country music so much back when we burnt CDs and stuff like that. Like I was the guy that had, like I would label my burnt CDs. Like I would name them things like basically playlists. I would name them like Friday night mix or uh, barn mix, stuff like that. Like, so I had, I mean, I've always been deep, deep in the country music and I loved, I loved the songs that nobody else knew. So once somebody showed me, one of my good friends showed me, how to play the guitar. He showed me three chords. I could play pretty much any, any country song. I already knew the words, I already knew the melodies. I just had to sit in front of the computer because it's the first time we had fast internet when I got to Auburn. So I could sit and get on this website. Like they have a uh, country cowboy lyrics and then ultimate guitar was what we used back then. And you just sit there and I, I got through a class. I got through my little uh, university job ahead and I just sat there until everybody else was ready to get out and go do something. But for hours on end, I, I just poured myself into playing because it was just, it was a brand new thing. I wasn't good at it, but I was getting better every day. And it was just my new obsession for a while. So it's awesome. So what, what are some of these songs that you, that you learned, that you learned uh, early on? You talk about the songs that, that you love that no one else listened to. Like what, what are some of those songs that you learned pretty quick and decided like, these are the ones I want to learn first. Well, I remember like I always wanted to play where corn don't grow. Because it was originally a Hank, I mean, excuse me, a Waylon Jennings song. And then Travis Tripp made it really popular, but it had a B minor chord in it. And I could not play a, a bar chord yet. So that one just that was my goal. If I could ever learn to play a bar chord. But I mean, you know, any any basically any George Jones song, any any Alan Jackson or Kenny Chesney early on songs, those were just three chords, right. uh, truth, so to speak. So uh, I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to put together that chords go in a pattern. Like it's so elementary now to think that G's and C's and D's go together and E's and A's and B's go together. But I would w- sit there at that computer so long that I would memorize those songs. And in my head, I just couldn't remember it, but I'm guessing if it's a G, is it a C or a D? Like it never occurred to me that it's not going to be an E. There's never going to be an E. <laughs> up on you Dustin but one kind of clicked and I remember too you used to have to look down to move your fingers right one day I'm just looking at the the screen and I didn't have to look to see where to put my fingers and I was like oh I'm ready for the big time now you know (laughs) as soon as I thought I could get through 10 songs I was like playing on a patio or 
and, and, I, and honestly, my friends, they were encouraging it, you know, and I'm sure it was not great at first. I know it couldn't be because I, nothing starts off great, but, um, looking back, those were some really good times and I, I'm thankful for them. That's so cool. And I think that what, what's cool about that is that like your friends wanted to be a part of that. It wasn't like, it wasn't something that you were just kind of hiding in your, in, in your room there or, or behind a desk and saying, I'm just going to learn how to do this. I'm not really going to make it a public thing, but it's cool that like the camaraderie of, of you and your friends hanging out saying, Hey, play a song, play us this. What'd you learn this week? That must be encouraging and say, you know, I mean, I mean, my friends are never going to tell me that, that, you know, I'm, I'm the worst, but they're also going to be honest and say that I'm either good or yeah, maybe you should work on that. A little Later bit. on, you got, we, we grew up, we, when we were coming through right there, it was that transition between CD players the first iPod just was coming out. Um, so you could kind of jam in there with your computer. But as far as that, you either had to have a CD player on the porch or something. Like we didn't, you couldn't just pull it up on your phone. Right. So um, playing quote unquote unpopular country music at the time, which wasn't on the radio, if you wanted to hear it, you had to either go to a club or you had to just ask your buddy to play it. So yeah. it wasn't as easy just to get your hands on it instantly. So I think they let me get a get away with a lot more than they should have <laughs> hey thank god they did right i mean like let, let's be honest like if they didn't maybe you're not sitting here maybe you're... I, I blame one of my friends adam shannon he was uh he was in ag business with me and he played a lot he played that's how he kind of made extra side money in, in college and we went to watch him play one night and i just had got up enough courage and he was like when i take a break come play on the mic and i played seminole win by john anderson and he i just remember on his face like this guy couldn't even do anything last month and now you know and i'm like i said i'm sure it wasn't great but i blame i blame him all the time and we call and check in and he's you know his he and his family are doing well and he's getting you know promotions and stuff with his job and he said man i'm just proud you're doing this and i'm like i wish you never would have taught me this guitar man I, you know or showed me you would have never let me sing i wouldn't be out here killing myself on the road i'd be laid up hunting blind somewhere you know taking it easy but uh, had a really good time with it when they say the uh the, the bug bites you and you never look back it's uh it's true isn't it like once 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 it gets you and you get a little taste of of what you love to do you never want to turn back and do something else i, I think that is the probably the truest thing because i was i grew up playing so many sports and once that was gone and once i did once junior college baseball was over and i didn't have anything to pour myself into um I, and, and even looking back now, I mean, as long as I've been doing it, I, I still don't get tired of it. I'm learning something new every day. I'm getting better at something every day. Um, it's, it's, I don't think I can ever, it, it will always be a part of your life. I, I don't, it'll never not be a part of me. So, you know how true that is for listeners too, as well. Like, like there, there's been a handful of people that have said that same thing. And, you know, whether, whether they be athletes or, or, or they're shooting for something else and it's just, there it ended one day and there and, and music was there and and I, and I even look at that too like, you know I grew up an athlete as well and and when that was over you're right like you just you don't always have uh that thing that kind of makes your personality and and, and kind of you know drives you and and for me when, when when being an athlete was over when you know when that when that clock is zero and you're like okay that's it then then what do you have to kind of drive you and for me music that was that thing you know i am the music guy i am the country music guy you know around all my friends in uh in north new jersey here i am the guy who knows 
an ungodly amount about country music and they don't care, but they like to hear me talk about it. Right. So um, it's like, it's one of those things and it drives you and it keeps you going and it keeps you excited and and brings new things in your life every day. Just kind of like a new, uh, you know, kind of like another game or another, uh, you know, another play or, you know, whatever it may be. And that's exactly what it like. It's like, it's game week. You know, I have something to look forward to. I have a coming up. That was the Friday night lights. You know, we have a, a benefit coming up a radio show. That's your, you know, first round of the playoffs it's something to constantly every stage is a new goal um once i reach that goal obviously you want to build and you want the next one and then it's you know just finding better and better ways to get your songs and connect with people and just grow as an artist and it's just it's a uh, it's just a never-ending climb so i think that's why i can't i can never get tired of it i agree i agree would you think that that um you know like like we've been talking about uh, you know, you started playing guitar in college and, and started playing out in college. Did that songwriting part come later on or did that come earlier and you didn't even realize you were writing songs? Like, were, were you just a strong writer uh, growing up and, you know, you just happened to to love mixing these two aspects of your life together? I was decent in school when it came to like literature and history and on that side of it. Um, so I definitely had the skill set when it came to writing songs. And then the fact that I knew I poured myself into those lyrics. Like I remember um, the Garth Brooks song, when you're talking to the man upstairs, you know, just because, you know, and I was like, the man upstairs was, I mean, I, what does that mean? You know, cause I was so young. I mean, this is like kindergarten and I'm like, man upstairs, they live in a two story house, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. silly. <laughs> and uh, obviously he's talking about God, but I did that as a kindergartner and, looking back now learning all those songs to play the songs I already knew when you set up that structure and stuff like that on the internet and you're able to look at it it basically gives you you've already got the format you've got the template now now when I first started writing songs they weren't great I think I had a lot of good ideas I just didn't know how to do the hooks correctly and it took you know, I don't know how many songs I've written now. I know how many I've got registered, which is over like 2,000, but how many we've actually got that didn't make the cut, so to speak. Right. It just took getting, it took me isolating myself and really digging into other songwriters out in Mississippi, uh, previous songwriters, you know, historically, and finding out too that not every artist sings those, not every artist wrote the song they sing. I had no idea of that. Mm-hmm. I thought that you know, every song that Kenny Chesney sang, he was the songwriter, the sole songwriter. I didn't know anything. That was another thing. I didn't know there was such thing as co-writing that more than one person would get together. I just didn't, I didn't know, but uh, it's just been a constant learning curve and getting around it. So. I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think I learned that either. You know, when I, when I started sitting down here and you know talking to great folks that, 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 that do this for a living and, and love doing this and, and whatever else that that was something I had to learn too. You know, I didn't realize that you're right. Like, you know, I, I thought that everyone wrote songs and, and that comes out to turn out that that's just not always the case. And, and it's always a, just kind of an interesting thing. And, and, you know, I, I like to, to geek out every once in a while, if I'm like in the car with my friends and we're talking about music, I'm like, well, you know, this person didn't write this, this guy wrote this song. And they're yeah. like, well, who is that? Well, I know that guy, you might not, but I know that guy. And, uh, and they're like, Kyle, man, just shut up. Like we, we know that you love it, but you've been yeah. rambling for 25 minutes about the same thing. We understand, we get it. And we, uh, we did the exact same thing. And now what's so cool on our phones now on Apple yeah. music, 
as soon as I hear a song I like, you can scroll through the lyrics and, and go straight to the songwriter. And like, I can guess sometimes I'm like, I, I guarantee Hardy wrote this song. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It didn't like, yep, that's Hardy. Or, or, you know, you look back on anything from like 2004 to like 2012. If it's the number one, it's probably Dallas Davis. You know what <laughs> I mean? You could put it together, but. I love doing that. I love doing that. I agree. And, and, and not to knock on artists that don't sing their own songs. I mean, Kenny Chesney is an amazing songwriter in his own right. I mean, don't get me wrong. He cut a lot of his own songs but he's such a top notch artist. He's going to take, you know, what's best for him and his brand. But even like Dolly Parton, I mean, she's wrote some amazing songs that nobody, nobody gives her that credit. I don't think maybe that's her own design. You know, she, she plays into her, her image or whatever, but I mean, how do you write a song? Like I always love you. And it's number one, multiple times by multiple artists. I mean, you know, that's just, I think people need to know that. Like people need who Chris Christopherson was. People need to know, you know, songs that Jamie Johnson wrote. They need to know that stuff. They're only they don't need to know that, you know, high cost of living and in color is the only thing Jamie Johnson's ever done. They need to know all the George Strait cuts and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's uh, to me that's just to me. I just feel like um, you would have a greater respect for the artist and the person as itself if you knew the behind the scenes stuff they've also done. I agree. And I also think the one thing that they, that you just mentioned that I think is super cool is like, is like you look at it and I will always love you. Right. And I'm like, that had a total revival period. And like, there are songs that have that off top of my head, like Tennessee whiskey, right? Like Chris Stapleton. Totally there is no George Strait without Dean Dillon. There's oh, just not. And uh, Dean Dillon, I think he, as a songwriter, he's gotten a lot more credit than most, but it's still not, to the level of what he deserves, you know? I totally agree. I mean, I'll, I'll use a, another example here. For me, one of my favorite songwriters of all time and, and, and a guy that I've gotten to know a little bit is Tony Arada, right? Like, I think Tony Arada's phenomenal. I think he's written some incredible songs. But if I tell some random person walking down the street that I think Tony Arada's great and that's why he wrote this song, they might, they probably won't know who he is. You know what I mean? You need to tell your listeners, like, what song. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, the dance, and yeah. I can go down the line. And and name you name you probably twenty Tony Rada songs off the top of my head that he's written that I love and I and I think that's great and and you know for for people who are songwriting fans I guess that makes sense but also you know as a as a, as a listener of music if you if you love music you, you you should recognize that you know not always is your favorite artist the one who came up with the song there's some dude that that has a, a great ability to write and and can you know put words together and make a make make something that's gold and. And people aren't just recognizing it, but, you know, I feel like that comes with territory and, and, you know, people are ready for that, but, but, you know, I, I agree. I think that, that sometimes these writers just don't get as, as much recognition as they deserve. And for you as, as a writer and for, as you as an artist as well, it must be cool to, to be able to, to be able to write a song and, and have, and you write it a certain way and think about how you imagine it and then someone else cut it. And it might be a little bit different than you thought. And and that's still probably pretty cool because they put their own little twist on it. Yeah, if anything, um, if there's anything that I can really, I've really tried to improve upon is my actual artistry. Like I can sing a song that I didn't write and I'm better at putting a twist on it yeah. versus a song I wrote. When I say a twist, like vocally or pauses or melody and stuff like that. Um, and I think that was a big part when co-writing came in, came in when I would write with like a great singer, like 
one of my good friends, Jake Green, I always let him sing the work takes because he is more of a vocal artist than I am. So he can kind of guide me, even though we know I'm probably going to record that song, you know, but I want him to help guide the melody. I can help more on the wordsmith side and you help with the melody side and um, making it your own. Like Chris Stapleton, I mean, how do we not think about him, all the great songs he's written for years? No one knew who he was until Tennessee Whiskey, but, and just to hear somebody just take their own, any, any song, you name it, old McDonald and, and, turn it their own way it's just that's that's what a vocal artist is to me so oh, totally do you know that um that just popped something in my head uh, i don't remember what the what the like actual record is called but it's just a it's a compilation of a bunch of different artists on one record and chris stapleton and, and his wife saying you're my sunshine i don't know it was just because we were talking about chris stapleton this popped in my head yeah. and the their version of it is is pretty much totally different than basically any version of that song you've been listening to since you were, you know, three, four years old. Right. So like, it's totally different, but it's awesome. Like it kicks butt. It's got a little guitar in it. Like it's pretty cool. And, and the artistry is a whole other part of that. Like we're talking about here is that, is that you can totally turn a whole, you know, twist on a song and it connects with someone, someone probably more than maybe the original version or the original version or whatever version, you know, growing up or whatever it might be. Um, and I think that's, that's a cool part about covers. And I think that's a cool part about just songwriting in general and be able to, uh, you know, reach all those different people and all these different artists and put twists on. I think it's awesome. I really do. I'm, you know, that's, 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 that's what I've always said. Like genuinely excited about country music and not necessarily about, uh, you know, what's the cool thing right now? Like you're genuinely excited about the craft. And I, I mean, I appreciate that so much because we live in such a right now society, whatever's cool, like whatever the cool head is right now, whatever sunglass brand, like that's not country music. It has its place. I get it. I get what the artists are doing. I get what the fans are doing, but like, it's just good to have somebody that knows about the underground world, so to speak. Um, you know, it's, I mean, I remember when Wagon Wheel was so cool. Like, in, in, and now Wagon Wheel is just, it is the most despised song, <laughs> it's the most loved and hated song in the music industry, country music industry, in my opinion, because it can, there's nothing worse than like just pouring your heart on stage and somebody comes up like, can you play Wagon Wheel? <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's it's one of those songs that you, uh, that you listen to. And I, I feel as, as, you know, as great as it was, you know, and, and whatever, I, I, I love it. Cause like I've said, you know, my, where, where I'm from, you know, not everyone's going on when we're sitting by the pool and playing Keith Whitley, as much as I would love to play that. Right. As much yeah. as I would love to, to listen to Jamie Johnson and, and Shannon Doe and all these guys, you know, Blackhawk and all these guys that I love as much you know, as I would love it. Yeah. The pool when everybody's like, God, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. And then they say, can we play my country plus? Yeah. The red wagon wheel is going to come on five songs in, <laughs> you know, how it is. Yeah. It, that's exactly how it is. Ballin's coming on right after that. <laughs> yeah exactly and it's, it's funny because because everyone wants to uh to to listen to to their uh to their playlist because when they when they look at mine uh me being so indecisive i i've, I've taken all the country music and and i've tried to make a playlist as to what i really enjoy and then i go through and i see all these records that i love and then i like I'm like well how can i have this song but not the rest of the album on there right so i just throw records up there and it's like i'm pretty sure it's like uh 55 hours long and it's like no one's gonna listen to that down to south alabama and get in the truck 
We'll just go. Well, this is what we used to do. We just call it literally. It's called dirt road ride. That's the. I mean, they're might in quote unquote. And all you do is ride until you run out of that beer and you stop. Throw that in the back of the truck. Get another one. Ride some more, and you just keep riding and listening to music. That's basically what you do. And you never see a paved road. Uh, it's a. That's your kind of playlist. That's what you're over there making. So. You're damn straight. You are 100 correct. That would be the time of my life, and you have no idea. You have kind of hard. Kind of hard to do up there where you're from i'm assuming yeah yeah a little bit harder it's a a lot it's a lot of paved roads and highways but you know (laughs) it is what i still drive forever i just drive down a highway forever (laughs) so you know um no but but i I love it dude i i I love uh you know i i love listening to this stuff and i I love just kind of diving into new projects and 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 diving into new voices that i that i may not have heard before and you know i always say this and and for for people who are listening and they probably think i sound like a broken record which is probably 100 true but i did everything backwards music wise right you know i found country music a little bit later so so when i found it i i started with the stuff that was on the radio because you know, that's, that's just kind of all I knew. And then I kind of made my way back. So, so, you know, within the last, you know, 10, 10, 12 years or so, you know, I've, I've got a lot of twang in my, in my music now. And, and, and that's fun. I listen to a lot of old stuff and, and a lot of stuff from the nineties and, and, and that excites me. And, and, and just being able to talk to someone like you who, who just appreciates that is, is always, um, is always a good thing. And, and uh, by saying that, I, I would love to talk about this record here. Um, uh, because you have a, in terms of sound, um, you have a, I don't know if old school is a term. It's not like an older school sound, but it, but it's, it's more of a, a lyrically driven sound, which I love. Um, and, and your record's called Acquired Taste. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. Really do. 12 songs, intro and an outro uh, by your grandfather there. And I think it's so cool. Um, so can we please talk about it? I just, I want to dive into this record. So uh, I had been gone a long time. So when I left to go to school, uh, left school, I, you know, I'd come home weekends, maybe something like that every now and then. Then I went to Mississippi. I was basically gone there, at, but Mississippi, Arkansas, gone the whole time. Then straight to Nashville, then it's on the road. So I didn't, I'd been gone from home way too long and I'd gotten way too focused on uh, career and things that they, they are important, but they're not the most important. I lost a lot of time on my grandfather and, uh, you know, I'd, every time we'd come home and play a show down here, I'd always find a way to get breakfast with him, play nine holes of golf, and then right on to the next thing. And then the pandemic happened. And to a lot of people, you know, I know it was devastating. I know it was uh, a really bad time. Uh, but for me, it was a great time because I got I got nothing but a whole year to spend with my grandfather and kind of just slow down. And uh, some, somewhere in there, he started having some health issues, and they, he's been diagnosed with dementia now. So I, I spend as much time with them as I can and I try to save every voicemail and everything I can. But while we we're making this record, I was like, you know, eventually I'm going to lose that phone. I'm going to lose that service, something, you know, I'm going to lose and you don't want to forget someone's voice. So I was like, well, this, I'm going to record him doing the intro of the record. And I'll always, I mean, I'll always have that. So that was just the, you know, the most, most probably the most special thing to me on that record was having him be included. So. that's that even hearing that now is so much more significant. I mean, I I thought it was cool already because it's, you know, it's a little bit a part of you and, and it, it, it ties in that, that love for music and that love for family, which I think is awesome. But, but hearing, you know, hearing the backstory of that makes it even, uh, even more significant. And, and and I'm sure that, you know, you've released a lot of music in the past few years and I'm, I'm sure that, that, 
you know, this is probably up there. Some of the, some of the more important stuff, especially with, with, with that intro and that outro on there. Um, why acquire taste? Why did you go with that title and, 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 you know, so choose to put these songs together? It's a lyric out of, um, out of the song horseshoes and hand grenades, but the reason it even made it into horseshoes and hand grenades is because, uh, uh, a, a, a woman I was seeing at the time, she was kind of complaining to my mother and my aunt about how difficult it is to be with someone like me. And my aunt said, well, Dustin Herring is an acquired taste, you know, just making fun of it. And they told me about it. And, and uh, I always kept that in my head. And then when we were writing horseshoes and hand grenades, I was like, you know, losing a woman like you is such a shame, but loving a man like me is an acquired taste. And it was just, just one of those things that just flew out. And, uh, and, and if there's ever been a record that I've ever, this, I mean, I've put out albums, EPs and stuff before. I think Geneva County and the high crave was probably Geneva County is probably the closest thing I've ever done to a record, which is me. Um, but every song on this record is, it's telling a story of who I am. It, it, there's nothing on there that's just fictitious, you know, it's all there. And, so it just felt right. And, and like you said, my sound is different. So it's like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to acquire a taste for it, so to yeah. speak. I, I, uh, I, I love that, that you kind of backtrack and talk about the other stuff. And, but because the, the reason why I say that is because when I listen to this, uh, for me, for me, per, and this is, this is a personal thing. This is, this probably isn't um, necessary uh, a general um, consensus, but for me, when I listen to, to a record and, and some of the songs that, that hit me the hardest and, and, you know, just touch me to the core are, are songs where I can basically go through the whole project and say like, this is what this artist is trying to say, or even if it's just a song, like this is what they're trying to say. And this is the story they're trying to tell. Um, and, and whether it be deeper or not so deep, either way, they want to paint this picture for you as a listener. And they want you to say, Hey, this is what I'm listening to. And this is what I'm looking at. Um, and, and going through this entire project, and I've listened to it multiple times, the earliest being about two hours ago, uh, but I've listened to it multiple times and, and I love starting from one and going through 12. And, and that being is because I can confidently say, I know exactly what's happening. And even if I didn't know the names of the songs, I can tell you exactly where you are in the record just by the storytelling. And I think that that's important. And I, and I really think that that's cool that you're able to capture that. And I think that sometimes that's a little bit lost on today's music and, and what people are putting out and and i think there are a lot of you that love albums out there but i i also think that we live in a very single driven world and and sometimes that art gets lost so i think it's it's awesome that you put this out and that you know you did it this way and that you told this story because I, I i really do think it's uh, incredible and I, I i hope that if you're listening to this right now um and you haven't listened to this record yet you'll go back and listen to it because uh, it's 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 a work it's a work of art and i love it so congratulations um you know you deserve the uh, all, all the praise you get on this record so that's awesome dude um so uh let's let's scroll in here and uh kind of backtrack just a little bit um excuse me so uh who are some of these artists that that may have uh inspired this like what where where are you listening where you say hey like the middle of this record kind of sounds like this part of my life i always like to say you know there are a ton of songs and there are a ton of artists that are soundtracks in my life that are, that are guys that I know that I can pinpoint. Uh, I was listening to this artist during this time. Is there anything like that for this record where you say, you know, the beginning of this is very influenced by when I was 
13 with my buddies and we were listening to so-and-so or is there anything like that, do you know? Yeah, the very first song, Alabama Clay, that's uh, that's the, the cover on the record. That was an Alabama, excuse me, that was a Garth Brooks song yeah. uh, that he put out on his debut record back in 1989. And back then we had, uh, I, I have a CD of it somewhere, but I remember listening to it on cassettes. And uh, that was just one of me and my good friend growing up, Justin, that was one of our favorite songs. And um, that was one that we played uh all the time once we got old enough to drive so that's kind of that was the era of country music that i grew up loving was like the early 90s and so that kind of in my mind that was the the seed that got planted in me was 90s country so we started off with that one as a tribute to him and then uh then we kind of roll into why did i start writing songs and then that goes to half a heart and that has to do with losing your first love and then you just it just kind of in my little way, subtly tells the story of why I am the way I am. So <laughs> I, um, I think that's awesome. And, and the, uh, the tribute with Alabama clay is cool. Cause, uh, I always tell the story about how I drive an older car and how if my phone dies, I have about six or seven CDs that sit in my console that I pop in whenever I want. And one of those is that record. So, um, Along with Chris Gaines. I know it's a little bit of a weird thing, kind of a funny thing, but I actually think that's a pretty good project. What was that one song that Chris Gaines put out that was not that bad? And it was, um, hold on, I can tell you if I look at the track list. I always forget, but there's there's a, um, he had one song that, that was uh, put out as a single, I think it was, for the, yeah. for what was going to be the movie. Right. Um, and, I remember that bad of a song. I just can't think of what it's called. Yeah, it's... Um, course my wi-fi is not working i forget it's off the top of my head i can't even remember um, but there there's the the one uh um digging for gold is on there i think or um whatever it's called that's really good but the whole record itself is like really weird right because because everyone always kind of like made fun of garth for that for this like project because it was just obviously odd but the way i put it is like it's the weirdest blend between like 90s garth with like a little bit of boy bandish and some yeah. r&b like it's so weird but it kind of makes sense it kind of works and uh it's funny because every time i tell people that i have it in my car people make fun of it it really makes sense when you find out later there was supposed to be a movie <laughs> and there was no movie like as much money as garth has i would have just produced the movie myself right <laughs> if i'm not crazy but you know that, that's what i say that's what i said i was like i mean you have like you have like a straight and pure country, right? And he's got that whole soundtrack for that for that movie, which I, th I actually think is pretty good too. But like, if Garth's going to go ahead and do that, like just put the movie out. The whole record's going to literally be out. Like people have this CD. I'm not saying a lot of people have this CD, but people have it. If it's going to be out there, you might as well just put the movie out. <laughs> but I mean, I guess, you know, teach their own. But I actually think it's a good record. And I know it's a, I know it's a little weird to have, but I think it's pretty good. Um, and uh if you ever get the chance to listen to it, I, I recommend it. But um, in terms of albums, like what are some of your favorite albums you're listening to right now? Because I, I love albums like what we were talking about. I know you love albums. Like in terms of what you're listening to now, is there anything uh, maybe more um, that's that maybe that's come out independently through independent artists or or even even more mainstream, uh, Texas, whatever, whatever. Is there anything right now that you just are loving listening to and that you've listened to often? Well, like right, right now, all of my friends, um that are putting out singles they're all i'm sure i i told myself if i ever get my instagram big enough that i can do the swipe up feature where i can share yeah. my friend stuff i was going to do that so any of my uh, you know i wish we had our myspace top 
10 or whatever, you would be able to pull up all my buddies. Uh, I love, I love sharing everything for everybody that's grinding. Um, recently, I mean, I, I don't listen to the radio, not for the fact of that I'm a hater. It's just that I don't want to get melody stuck in my head accidentally where it would cause me to have a problem in the writing room. Yep. Uh, as of late, I really, uh, I like, uh, Randy Hauser's, uh, Magnolia record. That was a really eye-opening, um, Obviously, I can always go back to like Kenny Chesney's greatest hits. I love that. I never get tired of that. Um, any Jamie Johnson stuff, I don't get tired of. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, the Shenandoahs, the Blackhawks, um, and even like 2004-ish Jason Aldean stuff. I mean, I, I love that stuff. I mean, that's well, what. Staring at the Sun. It's a great oh, yeah. Song. That's a great song. Staring at the Sun. I think that I, Brett wrote that song, I'm not, I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Uh, uh, I'm not 100, percent but I could be. Right. I know. I know that Thomas Rhett had some cuts on Jason Aldean when he was pretty young, which was yeah. pretty. Um, and then obviously, you know, you, you never get tired of, you know, Keith Whitley's and 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 even farther back than that. I mean, we, if you, we want to really have a cry session, I mean, I can I can go back. But hey, I I love a good sad song, man. I love I love a good sad song. I love I love making if you making you feel something. I always say the happiest people listen to the saddest songs. So. Uh, that's what I uh, tell myself. And that's why I listen to sad yeah. songs. I try and tell myself I'm just really happy, but, yeah. uh, but I love them. I love, I love, I love uh, just sad country music. And this is something I say all the time. And, and I've probably said more than once, but uh, you know, I, I love being in the car and someone, and someone looking at me like my girlfriend, she, 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 she loves to be in the car with me. Cause I'll, I'll play like, you know, like something from Whitley or something like really sad that, that, that is a, that is a heartstring puller. She looked at me once and said, Kyle, you know, I love that you love music, but man, we're totally on different ends of the spectrum. I want to play like a summer jam and you want He's the windows down. And you're over here just, just squalling in your, in your beer over here. Jesus. She's like, you want the windows down, the sunroof open and the saddest songs. I'm like, yeah, who does it? That makes a lot. <laughs> that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Right. And I'm just like, you know, whatever, like, let's just let it happen. And, and seriously, that's really what I do. And that's, that's really how, it, how, how it happens. And when I, when I look back on it and, and I think I'm like, because I love songwriting so much, I can't, I can't write a song. I've, I mean, well, I mean, I guess maybe I could, but I've never tried is, is, is a word that we'll use. And, and I think like, um, you know, for songwriters like yourself, when, when, when you write songs that, that really, you know, help maybe help you through time, or I'm, I'm sure that you've had times where, where you've need to written, write stuff that, that really meant something to you or really helped you get an emotion out. Um, I feel like that's probably the best therapy. And, and if I could do that, um, I'm sure that it would help me a lot, but do you think when it comes to you writing and, and, um, you know, going through different aspects of your life, you know, writing, getting those songs on papers is important. Definitely. Uh, when I first started, for sure, it was definitely a therapy. And then now we've learned uh, how to take your personal story or your uh, someone else's story that you know, and and you make it so that other people can also relate to it. I don't think I don't think that you necessarily have to say I was in love with a girl named Lisa. She broke my heart on a Tuesday. I was wearing this. You, know, you just need to get the emotion across, yeah. and then you allow other people. I don't, I shouldn't have to tell you what the song's about. You should be able to navigate it and take it your way, what it means to you. And um, that's, that's just the, the cool thing about music. It can, it can change people in different ways. Does it make it, does it make it more difficult for you as a writer to write a song, to try and 
have a listener say like, because like you said, you don't want to say, this is what the song's about. You want a person to interpret it. So does that make it more difficult for you as a writer to, to keep it more, uh, I don't even know if general is the word, but keep it more up for interpretation? I think uh, there's two trains of thought on this. And, and with no disrespect to the listeners, they, when you were trying to write popular country songs that would be on the radio, you were kind of told to just spell it out good melody get back to the course spell it out back to the course and i think that has a place i'm not saying it doesn't but i think that a lot of listeners are more uh into it than people give them credit for i think that a lot of listeners are in tune with emotions and you're seeing that a lot right now with uh what's the new artist out of oklahoma uh zach oh zach bryan yeah so i think his stuff is just poetry with music behind it in my opinion and i think I don't think he explains anything. I think he lets you do it yourself. And I think that's a really refreshing way uh, for, you know, the listener in general to uh, get back in touch with some music. You know? uh, and, and don't get me wrong. Everybody needs a good go to the club and don't worry about it. Just sing a long song, you know, don't get me wrong. But um, it, it's just, you know, it changes from day to day. One day I'm like, I'm just going to tell you this song, that this course is so cool. We're doing this. We're just going to have a good time. And the next day, you know, like we're, we're over there busting our butts trying to find another word that means heartache, you know, just trying to twist it as many times as we can. But that's just depending on the day kind of thing, I guess. Open the thesaurus, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Do you, uh, have, have, has there been a song, um, you know, since you've been writing that, that that you wrote or you and some buddies have written uh, and you immediately said like, yeah, this is this is whether whether it happened or not did you ever just say whether like this is it like this is what i've been you know waiting to write oh every day every song i write every day this is one brother yeah. now you should i mean it's just a joke between songwriters because every day you text one of your buddies or something like hey what are you doing oh man we just wrote a hit i mean it's like every day like if that's the case we're all have we have a bunch of hits but no <laughs> Now there's been a few that, yeah, like uh, calls for a drink. We knew when we wrote that, that it was a, we had a really good shot. Um, and just to go back on the record, like at that point in my life, I was still just mostly focusing on songwriting. I was just trying to get a major cut that way, you know, put some money in the bank that gets your name out there. As soon as you get your, you, all you gotta do is get one major cut. And all of a sudden every one of your songs is great. Like your life changes. So, I was working for a guy with Warner Brother Records. I was taking care of his property, and uh, he allowed he allowed me to pitch songs to him. And he uh, he also he he produces Blake Shelton, Dan and Shay. He's a, he's a big deal, and uh, he immediately he calls me. He's like, "That song's a hit." He's like, "We're we're putting that on hold." He's like, uh, "You know, we're already done with the record, but we we've got some wiggle room. Maybe we can, you know." didn't make that record then the next year he was supposed to go on Blake's record didn't make that record and then like it's been on hold continuously like no no no, it's still on my desk it's still on my desk and I was like well my co-writers one of my co-writers wasn't happy that I put it out but I was like look either it's going to be a Blake show and cut or it's not but I'm putting the song out because that's a part of my life that needs to be heard and it's a I need a fun song yeah. you know I'm time for a fun song in the record at this point so uh but yeah that was one that I mean, when we play it out, even now, people that haven't heard it, I mean, you just immediately sing along with it. Yeah. So, I love it. And what's great, too, is like if, if Blake goes ahead and cuts it one day, right, you can say, oh, he cut a Dust Herring song. Like, he, no cut, he cut a cover. That's the very first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah. get on the shout it from the rooftops. 
and then everybody will know that I'm a good songwriter finally. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're a great songwriter. You know, it's funny that, that, that you say that is because I feel like that that's happened. And, and unless you're like in this world, you, I guess you don't really realize that it happens. Like I forget um, uh, who was it? There was a song um, Dawson Edwards, maybe. I think that's yeah. who it was. And he has that song raised on red. That's this is who it was. And Heath Sanders and Justin Moore cut the song after Dawson already put it out, um, right. which like happens more often than not, I feel like, or, or, you know, it happens every so often. And I, and I, what goes back to what we're saying, you know, it's, it's cool to see the, the, the differences in the songs and, and how, you know, and how he wrote it and how they cut it. And I think that that's just, that's really cool having two different voices on it. But I think that it's fun to, you know, kind of put a song out there because how do you know that, that someone won't come across that song on, and that this is the power of social media, that someone won't come across that song somewhere on social media, or even just, you know, scrolling through playlists or something like that and say, you know, some, someone major and say, Hey, I like this song. Like, can I, can I cut it? Like, you don't know that, but that's also the, the power of socials and things like that. Well, the way I looked at it was, um, you know, back in the day, the only way someone could hear a song, it's another artist put it out on the radio. Right. And, and maybe, yeah, a, a bigger name artist, like, I don't want to cut a song that got put out last year and didn't chart well. Mm-hmm. But now everybody that has access to a phone can basically release a song if they want to. Um, a good example of somebody who really, made a song really, really popular was the uh, Dirt Road Anthem by Brantley Gilbert and Cole Ford. That was a huge song in the Southeast. Huge. I mean, it was playing on the radio and stuff way before Al Dean ever cut it. And for him to go cut it afterwards, that I think that just showed that um, a good song was going to work. No, you know, I mean, you look blue suede shoes. I think, you know, um, obviously Elvis made it number one, but Carl Perkins wrote it and Carl Perkins already had a number one with it like a year before and then mm-hmm. takes it back to number one. So, I mean, I don't stress about that kind of stuff. I mean, any publicity is good publicity in this type of name in this day and age. So good songs I, live, right? Buddy, an intern that works for a label or something right now. He's like, that is not how we do it. Well, y'all are also looking for TikTok people right now. So I don't, don't tell me how it's supposed to be. Bingo, because because good songs live. I, I I believe that. I think good songs can live no matter what. You know, whether they they sit and they sit and they sit until someone comes along them. I mean, like eventually, a good song will get to the right person, and I I believe that. One of my buddies, the other day, his name's Dan Hudson. He's actually one of the writers that wrote on uh, "Calls for a Drink." He has he has written so many great songs, and he's just for whatever reason never had his big break. And the other day, you know, he just, he keeps the faith and he works hard. And he was telling me the other day that the Cody Johnson song, um, if you got a chance, take it or whatever the name is. That song has been pitched around town for like nine years. And the publisher, she just wouldn't give up. She's like, I know this is a hit song. And when the right artist realizes it at the right time, you know, they, they could have taken some lower name artists, but they, they got the biggest country star in the world right now. And that's what, you know, Cody Johnson cut it. So, I mean, the, the song was just there, you know, waiting for its home. And uh, that's just yeah. the crazy about song. Symbol across the right person. Right. I, I, I truly believe that. I think that's hundred percent true because songs, songs are, I, I love when I get to talk to someone and they say, yeah, I wrote this song 10 years ago. 
or uh, I just got finished recording another episode with uh, with a, a guy named Caleb Austin, who's who's a great artist and a great writer in his in his own right. And and you know he was telling me how you know he he he's had all these different things happen in his life, and he moved to Nashville and moved moved out and moved somewhere else. And you know this music thing's kind of kicking up for him a little bit again. And and he put out a song they wrote ten years ago when he was still living in Nashville, eight years ago, whatever it was. And like you know that's a long time. That is a long stretch. You don't want to know what I look like eight years ago. Yeah. Not this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so, so I, I mean, th- that is a long time. And that goes to show you that I just, that I, that, and th- that's why this stuff is great because, because like, like we're saying, you know, like if, if it's there and, you know, it, it touched someone's heart and it means someone, something to someone like it'll, it'll get to the right people. And, and, you know, maybe it's uh maybe it's the optimism in me, but, uh but I, but I believe that I really do. We need, we need a lot of that in this world, man. So <laughs> Keep I try, man. Dustin, dude, thanks for coming to hang out with me. I appreciate it. It was it was awesome getting to to just kind of talk to you, learn about your music, learn about you, and 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 just talk to another music fan. It, it's really refreshing to to hear that that you just love this stuff as much as I do, and and, and that there's people out there that just uh, eat, sleep, and breathe music. So uh, it was awesome getting to talk to you and get to know you a little bit. And I uh, I thank you a lot. Well, I appreciate you and your podcast and all your listeners. And man. Uh... You ever want to come down to Alabama or Nashville? You you got an open invitation. I'll take you on some dirt roads, and you can play Keith Whitley all you want, brother. Absolutely, hell yeah! It sounds like a time to me. Let's do it. Let's do it, dude. I, I would I would absolutely love that. Everybody, you can go follow Dustin on Instagram uh, at Dustin Herring, all one word. At Dustin Herring Music, sorry, all one word. And um, go keep up with him, and 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 you know keep up with the music and, and the shows and and all the good things. And go listen to his record, uh, Acquired Taste. It's out now wherever you stream music. And uh, share it with your friends because, you know, like I said, it's, it's phenomenal. You'll love it. And and it's really a work of art. And if uh, if I'm saying it, go listen to it. Go share it with the next person and keep the train, train effect going there because uh, I, I hope this can get to as many ears as, uh, as possible because it really is fantastic. Everybody, this is another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. Uh, new episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to it, it is there. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, it's another episode of the RCM Podcast. I'm Kyle Corbis. That's Dustin Herring. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah.